Hello, everyone. Welcome to Eat Right with Laura. My name is Dr. Laura Rakos, and I am the owner of Eagle Rock Nutrition, an integrative healthcare practice providing dietary and lifestyle intervention strategy for disease prevention and health maintenance. Welcome to the show today. This is an extension of a broadcast radio show that I was hosting on WMTR. Uh, the call numbers for that station are 1250 AM. Uh, our show, Eat Right with Laura, aired on Tuesday nights at 7.30 PM and was also accessible uh, by live stream by going to WMTRAM.com. Um, the show is on hiatus now because of a, an oppressive teaching schedule, so I decided that while I'm waiting for my calendar to open up a wee bit, I would host these podcasts for all of my listeners that really miss the show. So if you're new to Eat Right with Laura or if you're a veteran of Eat Right with Laura, I really appreciate the time that you're taking to follow me. So the show tonight is on nutrigenomics, and the reason why I have selected that topic for today is because I teach nutrigenomics at Rutgers University, and tomorrow night is my first class. So I'm teaching tomorrow night at the same, approximately the same time that Eat Right with Laura was airing on WMTR. So uh, hence the podcast uh, at, that you may listen to in your spare time. So this is a class that I really enjoy teaching. It is opened to both graduate students and senior level undergraduates. And if you are a Rutgers University student, I invite you all to register for my class. It's not too late. Registration for all Rutgers students is now open. Uh, you might miss tomorrow's class if you haven't had it on your calendar, but I'll accept you into the class if you can get registered within the next two weeks. Uh, so just go to the registrar's office at Rutgers University in New Brunswick. So by the way, the class is held in the Food Science Building uh, in room 109. So the food science department is my home away from home. I spend a lot of time there in the last uh, many, many decades. So uh, all of the classes that are offered by the food science department are excellent, and I'm sure that the nutrigenomics class will appeal to you as well. So let's get started with this topic. So nutrigenomics uh, is basically refers to how food affects your genes. So it's nutrients, how do nutrients affect gene expression? So um, what is that? So there are actually three components of this particular topic. And really just one of the com components is nutrigenomics. Uh, there are three components that are nutrigenetics, nutrigenomics, and epigenetics. And tonight I am going to describe all three. So I'm actually not gonna start with nutrigenomics, I'm gonna start with nutra 
nutrigenetics. So what does that refer to? Nutrigenetics is all about your genes. It's about mutations that you may harbor that impact the way you metabolize nutrients. So an example of one of these mutations is called a single nucleotide polymorphism, or SNP for short. All right, so what are SNPs? So let me try to explain to you how your genes are expressed. Your genes are made up of DNA. All right, so DNA is converted to RNA, and it's the RNA that's converted to proteins. All right, so how do you get a protein? A protein is made up of something called amino acids. And of course, if you're taking my class and you're a student, you know all this stuff, but my listeners don't. So I need to include all this clarifying information. So proteins are made up of amino acids, and it takes a sequence of three nucleotides to define an amino acid. All right, so a mutation of one of those nucleotides can result in an aberrant protein. However, most of these SNPs are what's called silent. They do not have any adverse impact on the sequence of your protein. And why is that? That is because the third nucleotide has a little freedom to operate. That third nucleotide of the sequence of three can be multiple nucleotides and it will still code for the same amino acid. Okay, so most SNPs are silent and have no effect on the sequence of your protein. But sometimes you'll get something called a missense mutation and that will result in a new polypeptide with reduced or altered functionality. All right, so three to 5% of these mutations, these SNPs, will re result in a new polypeptide. Sometimes you'll get a nonsense mutation where you won't get any polypeptide at all. All right, and of course that's not good because then you don't really have a functional protein. So let me give you some examples of these SNPs. Now a common example, all right, happens in a gene that's important for metabolizing the B vitamin folate. So folate is a vitamin that is very important in the way that your cells reproduce. So when you get folate in your diet, your body has to use folate in a very special way. And there's this rather common mutation that impairs the way the folate is utilized. All right, so folate is converted to something called methylfolate or methyl tetrahydrofolate, MTHF, through an enzyme called the methyl tetrahydrofolate reductase, which converts folate to this methylated form. So when there is a mutation in that enzyme, 
the folate does not get converted, which leads to accumulation of something called homocysteine. And that homocysteine is rather toxic. So elevated homocysteine is something that can leave expectant mothers susceptible to their babies having neural tube defects or spina bifida, right, which is a, an extreme case of this mutation. Some other things that you're susceptible to are cardiovascular disease, heart disease, Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia, and cancers such as colon cancer and leukemia. So while the spinal cord defect is a profound manifestation of this mutation, if you're not using folate in the manner in which you're supposed to, you will be at risk for these other things. All right, so that's just one example of a missense mutation. There are other mutations that you should be aware of. I'm not really going to go into detail on those other mutations, but just know that you may harbor a mutation that impacts the way your body metabolizes minerals like iron and other B vitamins. All right, so we will not describe all those mutations, but just know that you know, there are mutations that you could have that will impact the way your body utilizes vitamins and minerals, all right? And when that's not happening, you're going to be at risk for lots of different kinds of diseases. All right, so that's nutrigenetics. So what is nutrigenomics? All right, so nutrigenomics refers to how the nutrients you eat affect the way your genes work. So you could have the best gene pool in the world, you know, no, you know, no deleterious mutations per se, but if you have an unhealthy diet and you're not consuming those vitamins and minerals that your body needs to function optimally, that's also going to increase your risk for disease and certain health conditions. So an example of this would be, say, um, uh, omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, so my students in, in my class are going to learn a lot about omega-3 fatty acids and why they're so good for you. But for my listeners, just know that breast milk is very high in omega-3 fatty acids, particularly a fatty acid called DHA. And we know that babies who are breastfed tend to have a higher IQ than babies who are not breastfed because they are consuming higher levels of the, these omega-3 fatty acids. All right, so now I'm going to give you some examples of deficiencies, nutrient deficiencies that might resonate with you, even if you're not one of my students. So you know that vitamin A right is good for your eyes your mother or your grandmother said eat your carrots which are high in vitamin a they're good for your eyes and that is actually true all right if you have a vitamin a deficiency you might be prone to night blindness but it's also important for the way that other cells in your body develop like the cells of your skin all right and and if you're if you're um, a young person and you have a vitamin A deficiency, you might be at risk 
for a growth deficiency. You might have stunted growth, right? So you know about that one. And I know that you know that vitamin D and calcium are needed for your bones, right? Vitamin D is also important for a lot of other things, all right? But certainly for your bones. Uh, vitamins C and E are important for your immune system. So if you're chronically low in vitamin C, you might be at risk for getting colds all the time. All right, and then of course other B vitamins. So I love talking about the B vitamins. Folate is one, but there are many, many other, well, not many, many, there are maybe like five other B vitamins that I talk about frequently that are critical for the health of your cells. All right, and um, so tonight, or tomorrow night, when I give my lecture to my students, I'll be talking about one of the professors in our department who passed away last year, but he was one of the pioneers in proving how important vitamin A is to human health. All right, so we have a celebrity right there in, in the Rutgers Food Science Department. So another problem that we have that relates to nutrigenomics is the health of Americans, all right? Our diet is very processed, all right? We, we spend a lot of time buying foods in a package rather than growing it ourselves or eating foods that are not packaged, all right? So we end up eating lots of sugar, salt, fat, you know, grains that are stripped of many of the nutrients, all right, and because we're not getting enough vitamins and minerals in the food that we're eating, Americans are very prone to metabolic diseases like obesity and diabetes, uh, cancer and cardiovascular disease. All right, so I just wanna use that as an example, our standard American diet as an illustration of our poor nutrigenomics, not getting enough nutrients so that we can properly express the healthy genes that we have. Now the third category that is part of this discussion, this nutrigenomic discussion is called epigenomics, and that's really interesting. So epigenomics relates to how your diet and lifestyle, so exercise, your diet, your environment, the air you breathe, the toxins that you're exposed to, promote chemical changes to your DNA that impact the way your genes are turned on and turned off. All right, so to my students, I will go into profound detail tomorrow about the kinds of chemical modifications that are made to your genes, right? But an, an example of this, an example, so I'm not going to talk about these chemical changes in my podcast because you'll probably turn it off. You'll be so fatigued listening to all those sciencey details. So I'm going to spare you the science, and if you want to learn the science, then register for my class, all right? But an example of at the epigenome again relates to folate all right so you need folate which is a b vitamin all right and once it is once the folate is methylated by that enzyme that we talked about the mthfr um, once it's methylated it delivers those methyl groups to your genes and turns them off 
So folate is needed to turn genes off. All right, and when that doesn't happen, when that chemical change does not happen, you will be at risk for lots of different uh, diseases. Um, so certainly expectant mothers will put their babies at risk for spinal cord defects, but it's going to increase your risk of a variety of metabolic diseases, one of which is obesity. So, uh, you know, I run a healthcare practice all right, so when I see a child, a very young child come into the office that is obese or morbidly obese, one of the first things I think of is does this child have a, 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 a you know, a, a, um, a, a folate deficiency, right? So we certainly don't want that. All right, and we know that folate is the cause of these metabolic diseases because we originally proved this happens in animal studies. So this is very well documented. All right, so now we're just gonna summarize or explain to you the difference between nutrigenetics, which are mutations in your genome. I describe nutrigenomics, which is having a nutrient-poor diet, you know, and not expressing the genes that you should be expressing. And I describe for you epigenomics, which are chemical modifications made to your genes that turn them on and off. So where is all this going? What are we gonna do with all this information? So the whole point of this newfound science, which is an emerging science, which I would really like my students to embrace and learn more about, is to develop a strategy where we can use diet and lifestyle to prevent people from getting sick, rather than having our healthcare system focused on therapeutic medicine where we actually wait for you to get sick and then treat you with drugs, why can't we figure out how we can strategically modify a lifestyle that includes diet so that people do not get sick to begin with? So we have all kinds of um, tools and, and activities, science-based activities underway so that we can get a better handle on personalized nutrition. So what diets, what are the kinds of diets that are going to help people the most? So that really begs the question, what exactly do you need to do to ensure optimal health? as it relates to nutrigenomics. So uh, every now and then my patients or maybe some of my friends will ask me about the utility of genetic testing. I was very intrigued over the holidays when I saw um, commercials or saw ads online for the company 23andMe that does genetic testing so that you can learn more about your ancestry, but also 23andMe are, is a very progressive company in providing genetic testing so you can see if you have some of these genes that increase your risk of certain diseases. So it's not really a this is not really a service that I offer at Eagle Rock Nutrition just because I really don't know, you know, what exactly can we do with this information. The information just tells you whether you have an increased risk, you know, and, you know, there's very little that I can do other than teaching you how to 
exercise and how to manage your diet, which I'm going to do anyway. But I am very intrigued with these reports, and 23andMe is not the only company that offers this service. As a matter of fact, in the textbook that I will be using for my nutrigenomic class, um, there is about three pages, a list of three pages of companies that offer these services. So you're more than welcome to send me a question. Go to the website. Go to my website, www.eaglerock.com, which is spelled E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K, and that is an acronym for my family. Go to the website www.eaglerock.com, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K.com, and you can send me a question, or you can get on my newsletter, um, and I can help you flesh out uh, the kinds of genetic testing service that might be right for you. But I can promise you that if you come to Eagle Rock Nutrition, I will do everything I possibly can to make sure that we reduce your risk factor for any kind of disease through a very personalized diet. I do not have a one-size-fits-all strategy. When you come to Eagle Rock Nutrition, we will do a very, very detailed health history. And I'm a former pharmacologist. All right, I spent 28 years in the pharmaceutical industry developing pharmaceutical products, uh, but I also have a PhD in food science, so I really understand the benefit of food and nutrients and nutrition. So I really straddle the fence between food and pharma and will do my best to look at your health history to see what it is that you need to do uh, with your diet and with your exercise based on your capability so that we can reduce your risk for disease and prevent you from getting sick to begin with and ensure that you have a, uh, a long life uh, that you can enjoy. So uh, I'm going to end Eagle, uh, Eat Right with Laura there. All right, but if you enjoyed what you heard tonight, again, I will encourage you to reach out to me on the website, www.eaglerock.com. You can also uh, like me on Facebook at Eagle Rock Nutrition. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Eagle Rock. And I now have an Instagram, which is Eagle Rock, E-G-G-L-R-O-C-K underscore nutrition. So I share lots of really interesting little factoids and um, other information that will serve you very well. So thank you all very much for listening. And we hope to see you back here at this Eat Right with Laura podcast next week.